Hello, boxing fans. Welcome to another episode of World Championship Boxing. And today we are going to talk about the 2019 Year End Awards for World Championship Boxing. And the categories are going to be Fight of the Year, Round of the Year, Knockout of the Year, Comeback Fighter of the Year, Upset of the Year, Event of the Year, and then we have the uh, Network of the Year, and then we also have the Pussy of the Year. Or the politically correct would be the wimp of the year. And I think everybody can guess who that one is. And I think if you listen to our last show, you'll know that one. But the rest, I'm going to hold you in suspense until we get one silver on the line. Hold standby, please. Okay, I have one silver on the line. Are you there, sir? Hey, good afternoon, Logan. Good afternoon, fight fans. Yes, I just ran down the categories. Uh, so why don't you just go ahead and we can start. Julio Cesar Chavez is the pussy of the year. If you <laughs> want to go more into detail, listen to our last week's show. That's all we'll say about that. That's fucking bum. All right, that's done. Now we go to the event of the year. The event of the year, we'll be talking more about this event later, but the event of the year, November 7th, 2019, Saitama, Japan, the finals of the World Boxing Super Series, Bantamweight Championship, no, uh, Nonino Donaire, legendary fighter from Philippines. He's either the second, he's anywhere from the second to the fourth greatest Filipino fighter of all time. Number one being Manny, and no one will ever surpass Manny as far as Philippine fighters go. Uh, in a last-ditch effort to add to an already incredible legacy against the greatest Japanese fighter of all time, Naoa Monster Inoue, and we'll go more into this, but this was a this this this, this was a great spectacle, a great event. That was the event of the year. We'll talk more about this fight as we go on into the broadcast, but that is the event of the year. Then we go yeah. on to the upset of the year. June first 2019, Madison Square Garden. This was supposed to be, Logan, Anthony Joshua's triumphant debut in the United States in New York City, and boy, did he shit the bed. He (laughs) got his ass handed to him. And this is a great segue because we'll combine uh, these two awards. First two rounds, Joshua's fight like you saw early or later in, in the year. He's controlling the distance and the jab because he's 10 feet taller than that fat fuck Anthony Ruiz. He's using his jab. He's keeping him at bay. Then in the third round, he lands a beautiful left hook that drops Ruiz. And this is, this would be the biggest blessing for Ruiz because the only chance Ruiz had to win this fight was to get into a slugfest with Joshua. Joshua knocks him out. And Joshua goes for the kill. Joshua in the past, when he's hurt you, Logan, like he did against Klitschko, like he did against Povetkin, like he did against all the other guys he knocked out, he would go to the body. He didn't go to the body against this fat fuck, Josh, uh, Ruiz. He went headhunting. And while headhunting, he walked into a right hand on top of his head that dropped him and concussed him, and he fought the rest of the fight with a concussion. He got back up dazed, and he was dropped again before the bell saves him because he was definitely had to have been 20 more seconds left in the third round. 
he'd have been knocked out. Upset of the year, round three, round of the year, one of the greatest rounds in the history of boxing. And now I'm going to let you talk about what you thought about the upset of the year and that round, that incredible third round, which not only changed uh, changed the momentum of the fight, but changed the course of boxing history. It did, and it was uh, a shock to all, and it was a great kind of, I guess, capper to Andrew Ruiz's career because I don't think it's going to get any better than that. He definitely inspired a lot of fat people with that move, you know, like just being out of shape, going in there and killing the Adonis. I thought it was a great story, and I thought the champion was magnanimous in defeat as well. Well, you know what? Anthony Joshua comes from the Lennox. Lewis school of not only boxing, he's very similar in style to Lennox Lewis, but very classy, very humble. You never heard Lennox Lewis brag. Lennox Lewis is always very complimentary of his opponents, except for Riddick Bowe. There was hatred between him and Boo because they could never get it to, because of what happened after the Olympics in 1988 and when he was supposed to fight Bowe in early 1993, and Bo instead took the, took, uh, took the WBC belt threw it in the garbage. Um, other than that, he was very complimentary of Vander Holyfield. He was very complimentary of Mike Tyson, even though Mike Tyson tried to bite him in the leg and threatened to eat his children. Children that Lennox Lewis hadn't, hadn't had yet. <laughs> he had, he, Lennox Lewis didn't have children for about 8 to 10 years before this guy threatened to eat his family. But So Lennox Lewis always classy Anthony Joshua. And you can tell by the way Joshua fights and the way he carries himself that he idolized Lennox Lewis. I see a lot of Lennox Lewis in Anthony Joshua. He's very humble. He didn't blame. He he didn't, he he had a million excuses. He had it. You know, he didn't, he took this guy lightly. Ruiz was a was a last minute replacement for another fat fucking Jarrell Miller. Miller of uh, I, I don't know how Jarrell Miller failed a, a a PED steroid drug test, but he did. Uh, I guess he was eating the steroids instead of instead of uh, putting them in the putting the needle in them. He's, he's probably just drinking the shit. I don't know. But anyway, I mean, in in pro wrestling terms, this was like if Steve Lombardi beat Hulk Hogan. You know, it was like. <laughs> hey, you know, you, there you go. If Steve Lombardi beat Hulk, ah, Ruiz is more talented than, than Steve Lombardi. You know, I would say if the genius <laughs> Lenny Poffo beat uh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right. Which he actually did on episode that said I made a vid. It was by Countout. So there goes your, uh, <laughs> there goes your, there goes your analogy. But unreal, unbelievable win, and will be forever the highlight of Andy Ruiz's career because he'll never get to that level again. He had his Leon Spinks slash Buster Douglas moment, June first, two thousand nineteen, that night in Madison Square Garden. One of the five greatest upsets. In heavyweight history, uh, I would rank it number two behind uh, Mike Tyson's loss to Buster Douglas. I would put it number two, and just how shocking it was. And um, uh, we'll, we'll be talking more about both Joshua and Ruiz. There are there are there are four guys that dominate the 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 landscape yeah. of this of this episode, the awards of this of this year, and that's. Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, Naomi Inoue, and Nonito Donaire. Uh yeah, and related. Which is tremendous, which is which is great 
because this has been a spectacular year in boxing. Because we continue with Anthony Joshua, as we continue with Ruiz and Joshua, as Anthony Joshua is our 2019 Comeback Fighter of the Year. And I have to give Joshua this award because my broadcast partner here, my podcast partner, Logan, thought that the, that Joshua was done, and I don't, I didn't argue with, with with Logan because he had a valid point. How many times over the almost ten years of this program have we seen fighters, both today and yesterday, today and yesteryear, suffer a beating like Joshua took and were never the same? We've seen it over. You can make it. You can make a a, a valid point that Mike Tyson was never the same after that beating he suffered at the hands of Buster Douglas. Jeff Lacey was never the same after the beating he suffered by Joe Calzaghe. There have been so many great fighters. Felix Trinidad was never the same after the beating he suffered at the hands of Bernard Hopkins. We've seen similar beatings where the fighter was never the same, and Logan thought this of Joshua, and he thought Joshua was going to get knocked out in the second round. I didn't argue with Logan because Logan... I predicted what happened. I thought Joshua, I thought it was a fluke, and I thought Joshua was going to stay outside, use the jab, and that's what he did. But I understand where Logan body. was coming from. I understand where Logan was coming from because we've seen this over and over and over again. Joshua, I mean, this was only five, was only six months later, he turned the tables, and in the rematch, a one-sided boxing masterclass that Joshua put on. I predicted it would be like uh, Lennox Lewis versus David Tua. It was exactly that. He kept that fat fuck Andy Ruiz outside. Ruiz, who didn't train, came in 15 pounds heavier than the first time. I mean, he was 268 the first time. Came in at 283 in the rematch. Uh, he, he, he wasn't training. He was eating donuts and sticker bars. All right? That was his training regimen. He it was great, which is the same thing that Buster Douglas did after he beat Mike Tyson. He gained yeah. 15 pounds, went in like a blimp against Evander Holyfield, and was put to sleep. You can never fight Evander Holyfield. Holyfield was a, was sculptured like a Greek goddess, like Anthony Joshua used to. And Joshua, the reason why I thought Joshua was going to do what he did, besides the fact that his, he needed this win. Anthony Joshua's career was on the line. He loses, his career is over. Now, if he loses, he really doesn't lose because he goes out into the sunset with $60 million in his pocket. But no, his legacy, his career was on the line. He could not afford to lose to Ruiz. He loses to Ruiz. Bye-bye Anthony Joshua's career. Bye-bye Eddie Hearn's deal with, with DeZone. And probably bye-bye DeZone, even though DeZone is bleeding money left and right. And they're barely hanging on. Um, oh, by the way, we failed to mention this. I, did I write this? Did I write this in the thing? The network of the year? Did I write yeah, this in the, um, in the email? Yes, I did. Yeah, and I did. skipped that that category. Oh, so we segue into it. The zone is the network of the, the boxing network of the year. And, Absolutely. Um, I mean, every week. From almost every week, practically every week from September 1st to last week, one great matchup after another. You had the two 
this year alone, you had the two Joshua Ruiz fights, which you had the round of the year, the upset of the year. You had the World Boxing Super Series Tournament Finals. We'll get into those fights later. But, I mean, those were great fights. And, two, and they're two candidates for a fighter of the year. You had so many great fights. You had Canelo Alvarez's great victories over Sergey Kovalov and Danny Jacobs. The zone, head and shoulders, were putting their best fighters, Logan, together while ESPN right. was putting their best fighters in with tomato cans, with fucking garbage men, right? Not yeah. the zone. The zone was putting their best fighters in the ring with top-notch competition. And at the end of the year, the zone had one of the great years, not only this year with the network of the year, um, they are going to they – they, you can make a claim that it was the greatest year for any network in the history of boxing. And that's saying a lot considering the amount of television – and, and content that's been aired over NBC, ABC, CBS, HBO, Showtime, throughout the history of boxing. So, yeah. uh, the zone is the, the zone is the network of the year. Joshua comeback fight of the year for the brilliant, brilliant fight. And Andy Ruiz didn't go to the body like Logan mentioned. Didn't go behind his jab. He's thinking, all I gotta do is get into one exchange and I can knock Joshua out with one shot. Um, well, you know what? Didn't train. It was ridiculous. Go ahead. In that fight, in that fight though, the the second fight, they did get into a couple exchanges and brawls where Joshua got caught. So that showed Joshua was ready to take a punch too. I mean, he stayed outside most of the time, but he got caught he a couple focused. times with. Look. Yeah. You could tell. You could tell when a fighter is focused. In the first fight, he didn't keep his eyes on Ruiz the whole time. He would wonder. Right. He his eyes would wonder. Not in this fight. This fight, he. He stared into Ruiz's eyes the entire fight. He was completely focused. But he yeah, he took him seriously. One flaw. He still show, shows this one flaw that's going to hurt him if he doesn't correct it. When he tries to clinch, he tries to grab you. And when he does that, his face is wide open for an uppercut. He's got to stop right. that shit. Yep. Um, and he did also go to the body more in this fight, uh, the second well, fight. Well, Joshua is a tremendous body puncher, and which he did not do at all in the first fight. He did in the second right. fight. Totally dominated this fight. I gave Ruiz one round. Joshua wins it easily. He regains the title. Back on top of the heavyweight division. And um, hopefully in 2020, we get a Final Four tournament. We already got two fighters set in one of the, two, in one of the fights I want to see. You got Wilder and Fury fighting February 22nd. What I want to see to piggyback that is Joshua fight Alexander Usyk, and then that winner fight the winner of Wilder Fury. But th- that's the discussion for another day. Yeah, so we that's have a good if, one. If, yeah, that, that would be, uh, and that there right there you will see who the greatest heavyweight of this era is from from that tournament, well that unofficial tournament, so to so to be. So that's your round of the year. Your comeback well, fighter of the year. Before oh, you go on, not yet. go ahead. I know. Before you go on, I want to I want to get some of the runners up to some of these. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I think uh, in a way, Donaire round nine, maybe as a round of the oh, year. Oh yes, without a doubt. But let's save that for when we talk about that fight. So 
You're okay. right. You're right about that. You're right about that. That's definitely in the conversation, and we'll talk about that uh, later on. Uh, round twelve, Triple G Derevianchenko was a tremendous round, and could have won round of the year any time throughout uh, throughout boxing recently. And this fight's unavailable on YouTube except for the ninth round. Uh, Jeff Horn lost to a journeyman named Michael Sarafa early this year. Got his ass beat. And in the rematch, he was getting his ass beat until an epic ninth round where he was all but ready to go and then with a dramatic victory in one of the great rounds of this year. But I didn't put this up. This happened a few weeks ago. I didn't put this up because the, the entire fight is not available. They showed the ninth round on YouTube. And if you guys want to check that out, that's Jeff Horn versus Michael Sarafa 2. The, the first fight, the entire fight's on YouTube. The second fight, they're just showing the ninth round and what a spectacular round. And that is def, could have definitely been a winner in any other year. And um, okay, this is, a great, this is a great segue to our fight of the year. And what a fucking fight. Uh, oh, my what God. A fight. Yeah. We go back. To what the event of the year was that date, November 7th, 2019, Nonino Donaire, one, one of the four greatest Filipino fighters of all time, against, in my opinion, and I don't think anybody will argue this, the greatest Japanese fighter of all time, and only his 19th professional fight, Nioa, Monster, and Noe. Wow, yeah. I thought he knew he was going to walk through Donaire. I was wrong. Donaire put on you can make it a you can make a, a valid point that we've done his greatest performances that this was his greatest performance because at the age of 37 he fought as valiant as courageous as skillful as he ever did against a monster in Naomi Monster Inoue Naomi Monster Inoue uh what a fight he he opened up a vicious cut above Noe's right eye. He broke Noe's nose. Noe was bleeding from both the nose and the eye. Inoue had to step down, sit down, and he had to show intestinal fortitude for the first time in his career. Noe was killing everybody. And Noe totally dominated boxing up until his fight with Donaire. Donaire showed Noe, for you to be great, you're going to have to beat me because I'm great. And yeah, you he know, showed uh, uh, had never lost at Bantamweight. So this right. is another thing. And you had made that point before the fight. He was like, remember, 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 uh, Silva. Donaire's never lost at Bantamweight. And he's got that power at Bantamweight. And that fucking ninth round was one of the greatest rounds in Bantamweight history and could have easily been round of the year. And Inoue, after the first five rounds, in which Inoue was rocked a few times, he began to control the fight with his jab. Nioa Inoue is the closest thing I've ever seen to Thomas Hitman Hearns since Thomas Hearns' uh, prime. A complete, one of the, a great offensive fighter, all the tools, a great left jab, a right cross from hell, a great left hook to the body, which we'll go into later on talking about this fight. Just a complete offensive package. Fights tall, no unnecessary movement. One thing you know he has over Hearns that this fight proved out that Hearns never had. Hearns never had the stamina that he know he had. And that's why Hearns got knocked out by Marvin Hagler. 
and why Hearns was knocked out by Sugar Ray Leonard in their first fight and by Ryan Barkley. Because when he gassed out, he was done. He know he got yeah, he got tired win. throwing that jab all the time. Yeah. yeah. In the ninth round, after getting rocked by that right hand, he was ready to go. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit. No, not you, monster. Not you. <laughs> he recovered. <laughs> he totally. was able to land a right hand of his own late in the ninth round, held on, yeah. went back to boxing in the tenth round, and in the eleventh round landed one of the great left hooks to the body that I've ever seen. Left hook to the rib cage that was so devastating it had Donier running across the ring in pain. What a yeah. fucking hook to the body. And Donier went down and the referee gave him an extra second. He was knocked out. He got up at 10 yeah, and a half, was. but the referee gave the great legend one last opportunity, and Donaire landed one of his own left hooks late in the 11th round to save off, to, to hold off from getting knocked out. A left hook that any lesser, any other fighter would have been scraped off the canvas. But Donaire proved that he had a chin. Donaire proved that he is one of the four to five greatest fighters in the world. And he proved what I've been saying since we started this program. I was telling everybody since we started this program that this guy was going to be the greatest Japanese fighter of all time. By the way, shout out to the website Asian Boxing. and they, uh, I follow them on Twitter. Anybody that wants to see uh, Naomi Inoue's entire career, go to AsianBoxing.com. you got everything there his entire career, and they have so many fights on that website of great Asian fighters. Manny Pacquiao's entire career, Nonito Donaire's entire career, Naomi Noe's entire career, and all the other fighters that we've talked about, Asian fighters that we've talked about on this program, and we've done about 10 of them, all of those guys' career is available on Asian, Asian boxing. Love those guys. Love that website. So shout out to them. And, uh, and they agree with me. And those guys know their boxing. That Naoya Noe is the greatest Japanese fighter of all time. And what makes this the event of the year and the fight of the year? The 12th round, Donaire was desperate, couldn't 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 get that last knockout blow. And Noe was smart. He boxed, held on, didn't take any crazy chances. Dominated the 12th round, won the decision, and he was he was presented with the championship trophy and all the belts by the guy he supplanted as the greatest Japanese fighter of all time, Fighting Harada. Uh, you can check out our greatest performances on his career, and he's there's several of his fights on that website as well. So all in all, cool. a great fight. What made this fight so great besides the action was the skill level that these two fighters were fighting at. Nonino Donaire in his prime. I always said he reminded me of Roy Jones Jr., the closest thing I ever saw to Roy Jones Jr., in speed and power and reflexes. While the reflexes and the, and the speed are all but gone, the power and the skill is still there. And this was not a brawl. It was a skillful fight with a lot of power between two fighters that are not sluggers, that are boxers who can punch. Tremendous Ugh. fight. And I'm going to yeah. give you... I'm going to let you talk about this fight and your impression because when the fight happened, 
and we were texting each other back and forth. You could not fucking believe this, what you were seeing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was going by what you said because, I mean, I, I just was like, in a way, he's been so dominant. And then I saw his, uh, I saw him getting hit, you know, and I, saw, I was like, man, this guy has a chance. And he really kept hope alive up through until the 10th round, basically. It was an even fight. So you were sitting there at the edge of your seat watching this really scientific battle. And they were both so highly skilled and yet hitting each other. I mean, not missing. And it's not one of those fights where you see two guys playing and they don't they don't even hit each other and they're both really good. Mm-hmm. That's a boring fight. This was a fight where mm-hmm. these motherfuckers caught each other now and then and you tested each other's chins. And it wasn't even until um, Donate got hit in the body that he really showed that he even got hurt. You know, he was You're like... You're right. I, was not hurt up until that point. You're right. Right. So, that's another thing is you always thought he has a puncher's chance at this point now. If he could swarm him after catching him with, uh, you know, one, like like he did in the ninth round, if he had let, laid off of him, he might have got the knockout. So... I think the know. reason why he didn't go all out was because he knew about Inoue's power. And I think at, at this and point in time, yeah. he was, I think at that point in time, he was probably, I hurt this guy, maybe I can carry the next three rounds and win a decision, which you, you, you shouldn't have that mindset. You're fighting in your opponent's backyard in, right outside Tokyo, Japan. He's not winning a decision. Matter of fact, one of the judges gave up uh, Inoue nine rounds. How the fuck do you see nine rounds? <laughs> I said that that, that I, I don't understand that. I gave you no know, seven rounds, and there were two or three rounds that it could could have gone either way. He, so he couldn't have won a decision. He wasn't going to win the decision in Japan. He and Donair neglected to go to the body after he hurt uh after he hurt Inoue in the ninth round, and that was the difference, Logan. The difference was, and there's a difference in a lot of fights between great fighters. The body punching of Inoue, and that left jab that even when he was in trouble, even when he was bleeding, uh, 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 viciously bleeding from both yeah, sides, never... that jab kept Donaire from landing that next punch. It's very similar to Thomas Hearns. Very little wasted movement. He's in the pocket, and he's fighting tall, and he's batting you with that jab to blind you so he can hit you with that right cross. Yeah, and he actually, he was, he was using his footwork, too, to Kind of tire out and uh, donair. I noticed it was not unnecessary movement. It was necessary because it was part of strategy, and it was it wasn't. Right. As you can see, the twelfth round, even though he'd been through a war, he was as fresh as he was in twelfth round. He was in the first round. All right, so let's talk about some runner-ups of the fighter the year, fight of the year. Hey, we've got a ton of them. We've got Triple G versus Derevchenko. Great fight. A fight that I thought Derevchenko won. Triple G gets a uh, gets a gift decision probably because he's the name. And what pisses me off, Logan, is Triple G's not giving this guy a rematch, even though this guy gave Triple G L. He's hoping to fight Canelo again. And to me, that shit is done past his, past his due date. Forget that. That was a great, great fight. Julian J Rock uh, Williams versus Jared Hurd from May 11th. 2019 in a tremendous war. One of the great junior middleweight fights of all time. Just a great, great fight. Uh, 
I'm thinking of uh, of there's been so many great ones. Josh Taylor in the World Boxing Super Series Junior Welterweight Championship fight tournament final against Regis Prograce, in which Josh Taylor coming into this fight, Logan was always a cute skill uh, style fighter. Took the fight to Regis and outgutted and outslugged Regis to win a well-deserved decision, and he is a candidate for Fighter of the Year. We'll talk about that 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 award later. Uh, the first Ruiz Joshua fight, great fight. After the third round, it became one-sided, but that third round alone and the finish made it a contender for Fight of the Year. Errol Spence versus Sean Porter. What a fucking war! What a war. Any other year, that fight would have been fight of the year. A great 12-round war in which Sean Porter showed all the guts and determination of a guy who's not as talented as the guy he's fighting and was in the fight until the 11th round where he got caught with a left hook that almost knocked him out, similar to Inouye versus Donair. There's so many great fights this year. 2019 was an epic year in boxing. You, you you could make an argument that there were 10 to 15 fights that could have been fight of the year. What a great year in boxing. And it's just, just, just unbelievable the amount of, of great fights that have occurred. And those are, I mentioned those, and I'm sure there's, there's a bunch that I, that I forgot about. There's so many great fights. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. Uh, let's, Let's though let's get into the fighter of the year. I think this is our final category here. Our final category, and it's uh, first. Let's some, some runner-ups. A lot of people are picking Canelo Alvarez. I can't give Canelo Alvarez fighter of the year by beating a washed-up light heavyweight who didn't, who just, who was I thought was winning the fight just by throwing a jab and clinching the entire fight before right. Canelo knocked him out in the eleventh round. Punching gloves. Kovalev is past his prime. Kovalev is past his prime, and he needs to hang it up before he's seriously hurt. Uh, but Canelo, definitely, he's in the conversation because already several uh, publications and websites have named him Fighter of the Year. Uh, Errol Spence, two very good victories over Mikey Garcia and Sean Porter. Uh, definitely in the in the conversation. Those are my runner-up, but the Fighter of the Year, this has been his program, Naoya Monster Inoue. No Japanese fighter has ever won Fighter of the Year until now. And he'll probably win this award two or three more times before it's all said and done. Because the man is only 26 years old. He's hit his fucking prize. Oh, my God. And he just signed a huge deal with Bob Arum and Top Rank. So it's all the, the 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 shine is just going to get brighter for the monster from uh, Japan, Naoya Inoue. Yeah, I mean people have actually talked about him moving up to fight Lomachenko, which that's a joke. We probably that's a fuck. That's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah. No, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, Lomachenko. I think Aram fight. even said that. Yeah, because Aram figured, all right, I signed a, 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 a Noe. Now, let me see if I can go to him until I fight with Lomachenko. <laughs> anyway, so, but Naya Noe, I mean, yeah, we have, we've talked about him enough, I guess. If you go to the archives, I believe we've covered his last three or four fights. He's just a beast. I love this guy. Look at his style. I mean, 
my favorite fighter of all time outside of Muhammad Ali is Thomas Hitman Hearn. That left jab, that right cross. I mean, just he's like a better version because he's got a better chin than Hearn's and he's got better stamina than Hearn's. Two of the things that really killed Hearn's. Right on, man. So this is the the winner. You think he's you think it's gonna be Canelo for most I, I, other oh, sites? Oh, I know. Last night I was watching Max Kellerman's year review, and he gave Canelo his. And by the way, I love Max Kellerman. Shout out to Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman is take has taken the same stance that we've taken. He he was talking about belts. He said, "Man, I don't recognize these these alphabet titles. Everybody's got one. No." No, I'm not. Uh, it's the best versus the best. It's the best fighters in the world. Forget their affiliation. Who got a title? Everybody got a title. So yeah, they shout out true. to Max Kellerman. Everybody. But his, <laughs> his pick was Canelo Alvarez, and you know what? I understand the logic behind it. He beat Danny Jacobs. He beat Sergey Kovalev, but Kovalev is washed up, and Jacobs is a good win. Definitely a good win. It's if it's uh. I mean, if it's based on money, he's definitely the top, right? If it's, if, if it's based on money, he it's him and Joshua. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's even bigger than Joshua. Yeah, I, mean, but I don't think I don't think Canelo's ever made sixty million dollars for one fight. I mean, he's got a big. He's got the biggest. Oh, uh, the Saudi uh, Arabian uh, but, deal. Yeah, the Saudi that Saudi Arabia blood deal. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he would fight there because I'm sure they would want him to. Uh, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. Yeah, well. Give him a hundred million. Uh, and I don't think and and Oscar De La Hoya is his promoter, and Oscar tries to do everything right, Mister Political Correctness, Mister. Uh, I'm trying to be squeaky clean, even though I sniff coke and bag three or four holes at the same time. Uh, but I don't think he would want the backlash for going to Saudi Arabia. Eddie Hearn didn't give a fuck. He Eddie Hearn is. Whoever got the biggest paycheck, give me who was, he was our pussy of the year last year, by the way, and he heard of. For uh, turning down a $50 million deal to fight Deontay Wilder, uh, he, he turned right. that down. There was a few reasons why why we uh, picked him as, as last year. And, but he got his. And, but, uh, I mean, he got his when Ruiz knocked out his man. <laughs> yeah, he almost he almost lost his meal ticket. I'm sure he didn't sleep yeah. for three weeks straight after that fight. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking, oh, my God. All right, well, we'll see. I, I want to see. I just want to put in a bid for Julio Cesar Chavez versus uh, Logan Paul. I think they could do that on his own. You know, it's, it's a spectacle. I would, be, I would be surprised. <laughs> it would do a lot of business. It would sell out the Staples Center again because uh, you got a lot of casual fans out there that think they know boxing and think that, that uh, oh, wow, let's go see. And he might even, and he could even get a win. We're talking about uh, Salad Jr. could even win this, you know. So. It, 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 it'll probably be a 50-50 fight. <laughs> <laughs> he can do that Ric Flair hair hair dye shit again oh and my uh, God, go for this it. Clown. This <laughs> With idiot. the blue like streak. Like I said before, you can, there has never been a boxer that became a legendary fighter that grew up with silk sheets and in a mansion. Don't happen. Yeah. Has there ever been a, a fighter that's bleached his hair blonde and done well? I, I can't remember one. Uh, I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the De- no, no, Delahoy, the Delahoy's had always kept his hair black. There's a fighter out there that 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 I'm thinking 
bleached his hair. I, I Quarte, great African welterweight from Ghana, late 90s, bleached his hair blonde one time, and he looked ridiculous with that dark brown skin um, <laughs> complexion of his but at least with bleached he... blonde hair. I think, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> at least he didn't paint it blue. <laughs> you know, he could put a, a blue streak in. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was just like, hey, I'm going to go out looking ridiculous. All right. Um, so next but, week, you know, next week will be another award show as we go into the awards for the 2010s, the decade that will be ending Tuesday night. We will be doing the re- the year we'll have the pussy of the decade, the fighter of the decade, the fight of the decade. The Network of the Decade, all the same awards, upset of the decade. We're having all those uh, next week as we go review the decade that was. A decade that I mentioned last week on this program started with boxing at an all-time low. Popularity in the trash can. You had a major fight between Bernard Hopkins and Roy Jones Jr. that did 50,000 pay-per-view buys. Boxing was, 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 was basically... Toilet paper was the toilet paper, the toilet bowl of sports. And now 2019 oh, yeah. is the king of com- is the king of combat sports. Huge right. deals across four networks for for, for 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 boxing promotions. So it began on a, the lowest level I've ever seen it, and now it's back. It's at the highest peak it's been in since the 1980s. Absolutely. So we're going to um, end it here, and then we're going to come back next week, and we're going to talk about the decade that was this past decade in boxing and give our awards out. So One Silver, we'll talk next week then. And um, have a great rest. I mean, this is kind of like a holiday fucking two weeks here. So have everybody have a happy new year, and thanks for supporting us, and Merry Christmas and everything like that. So I don't know if you would give any shout-outs, uh, One Silver not we can sign off let me give a couple of shout outs i want to shout out my man to my man garrett our mutual friend garrett gonzalez uh great guy uh, great guy nice guy sweetheart sweetheart of a guy real nice guy you know very 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 politically alert i mean he's very intelligent uh young man he has a website that i'm a contributor to fight game media and he'll be publishing tomorrow or Tuesday. I think Tuesday at the latest. It might be out tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm on a panel, a five- or six-man panel that lists their fighter of the year, breakout fighter of the year, fight of the year, and who we believe will be the next fighter to explode. Uh, and I have a series of articles on his website, and I just wrote my third article. He's going to start a, of a new series. The greatest super lightweights of all time, 140 pound fighters of all time. He'll be he'll be publishing my number five and number four next week. I sent him my number three this week, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to my man, real real good dude. Uh, uh, what uh, want to shout out to my man Mark Red out overseas in England, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Uh, so shout out to him, and um, shout out to all the listeners that have stayed loyal, that hit us up on Twitter, talk about. Man, when are you going to do another greatest performances? Well, right around the corner. It's coming. After next <laughs> week, we'll be going back to regularly scheduled greatest performances in boxing history. 
Right on, right on. Want to sign off here, One Silva? Thanks again, man, and thanks everybody for listening. Peace. Peace, brother.